This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Jim, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? Excellent. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. I, I get the sense that this is going to be a good one. Uh, it's not every day, as we mentioned before we hit record, that we get someone who has your origin story. So what I have here is Danby Appliances, but my notes tell me that you were first a computer distribution business out of the trunk of your car. And that's just a teaser because tradition around here is to ask everyone who stops by first, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs or creative people? What is your what does your origin look like? No, my dad did the traditional thing. He got a job at a company, worked for the same company for 30 or 40 years, worked for his whole life. And when I started my business, he said, well, that's it's okay. You're an engineer. When your business fails, you can always go get a job. And two years after I was in business, I'd come home for Christmas. And my mom said, Jim, uh, have you got a job yet? Because, of course, and of course, you know, starting a business, I'm working 70 hours a week. But she didn't think that's not a job because I didn't get a paycheck from somebody else. But uh, over time, they came to come around to maybe 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 it'll work out. Oh, wow. So you had that kind of energy as you were trying to get a solid footing. And, you know, some people, uh, they have all kinds of obstacles, but it, it really hurts when it's coming right from home. And they're like, Hey, you know, you become the black sheep of the family almost. Um, is that, is that sort of how you felt? Well, it, of course you feel that way at the time. However, I actually credit part of my success to that. And the reason is I I'll be damned if I'm going to fail. And you know what happens. You're in business for a year and two years. You're not making much money. And you know it's pretty easy to say, I'm just going to throw in the towel and get a job. And I, I would simply never do that. And so it, it is a weird thing, but it's, it, 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 it was inspirational for me and motivational for me. So um, it's one of those stories. It, it, things might not be good, but they are good, right? So it's all good. I love that, man, because uh, the, the fact that you're like, well, failure isn't an option here. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Well, and I've had that happen so often in my life. I tried to raise money for my first business. I was unsuccessful. No one would put any money in me because, of course, I had not done it before. Well, what that did is it meant that my business was self-funding and profitable because that's the only way I could be. And I And I also was very frugal because that's the only way I could be. And those lessons have helped me even to this day. And so it's at the time, of course, I said, oh, it's terrible. I, I wasn't able to raise any money. But now I look back and say, it's a good thing I didn't raise any money because uh, I probably would have given up half my business and uh, and wasted half my money. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've interviewed a lot, a lot of venture capitalists. 
and all of them are all, you know, they, they all know. And they say, Hey, look, if you're starting a company, keep as much of it as you can and wait as long as you can before raising money. But if you really need the money, I'm happy to give it to you and take ownership of your company. It's, it's pretty funny how straightforward they can be about that. So I, I think it's, uh, it's great that that ended up being what you felt was like, wow, it didn't work out. And yet, it really worked in your favor. You know, Jason himself has like 13 companies at this point, right? And so you two have done something very interesting in business where you have this, and all 2,000 people I've interviewed have this, just this failure is not an option. And there's going to be a way to get around this one way or another, because I'll be damned. And that that is just the right attitude you got to have or you're not going to make it in, in the business game. And so I love that that's how you presented that. Now, specifically, we have a story here about you selling your first computer distribution from the trunk of your car. Now, at what point in this I'll be damned that that happened? <laughs> Well, that was, I was in my fourth year of engineering and I needed a computer because I wanted to design circuit boards and I got a better deal if I bought two of them. So I bought two and sold one and then bought two more and sold two. And then someone wanted to print it and someone wanted to disk drive. And so the reason it says from the trunk of my car is I was living in a university residence where the safest place was the trunk of my car. And back then cars were big and computers were very expensive. So lock it back in the trunk of your car, you could hold a lot of inventory in that. And that's the business I eventually built to a couple billion dollars in sales. But I set out to do to do circuit board design. So that's what I set out to do with circuit board design. So it's another one of those, well, it's a it's good thing I didn't just end up designing circuit boards. I did something else. And it does also tie to failure. It's fail often, fail fast, fail cheap. You try some things. And if it doesn't work, you try something else. As long as as long as you fail cheap, but don't uh it's not a fatal failure, right? I love this. Jason, do you have a like a consumer goods product company that that you've either advised or you actually run yourself? I just want to see the contrast and like the journey that you're listening to. For sure. I mean, uh, we've, I've worked with several solar companies. One of them was a fortune thousand company and uh, you know, the, it's a different ball game. It's a whole nother ball game when you get into the physical product versus the, you know, the stuff delivered from the brain type of thing. Right. (laughs) Overheads much different. Um, No pun intended overhead. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway. So, so yeah, there's a lot of different dynamics with all of that, but most people like I started very similar to you, Jim, kind of the same thing way back when eBay first started to come out back then. Jesus, we, we moved three or $4 million in, in, in goods through eBay in about a year. And that was when I was in the military at the same time. And we were buying cheap from, from uh, China shipping over here, um, repackaging, so on and so forth. And then we did kind of the same thing with, then I figured out how to, how to, the word I should use manipulate. Yeah. Manipulate, um, manipulate Amazon to where we'd list product from Amazon onto, uh, eBay market up five bucks, sell it there. 
and then put the shipping information in on Amazon and it would ship to the customer. We'd make five bucks on each transaction. Didn't even. Oh, wow. Right. So, <laughs> um, but that was before they, the boxes had a smile on them and nobody knew where they were coming from. Um, you couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> People that was back in the early days of all of it. So, you know, but there's something about that wired mind, right? That's wired that way to figure out these little squirrely ways to, to, uh, you know, forge your own path. And, you know, I've just taken that and tried to spread that out over as many things as I can possibly get my hands into. Um, and, and that's ended up having a lot of different companies I'm involved in and, and I love it. It's, it's a good thing for sure. But, but like you, it's like a lot of business owners start in that, that same thing. It's the, the trunk of the car story. Right. And I remember backing up, um, I was in the army backing up to the, the, uh, post office, they put me a dumpster out there and I would literally shovel boxes into the dumpster. That was just for me (laughs) every day on the way to, on the way to go do physical training every day. And, you know, but that's the origins of a lot of where we come from and, and how we got started. And without those origins, none of us would be where we are today. Cause that really programmed hard work. Yeah, man. I mean, there's, there's like a, if I have here the notes correctly, you've won two awards, not just for Ontario, but Canada itself as a, as, as a nation because of the entrepreneurship. And now is it because of the story, how you took it from the trunk of your car, the way you said all the way to $2 billion or, or what's the story behind this? Well, the Entrepreneur of the Year Award, they give it to you for entrepreneurship. So I I did do my business from zero to two billion. So yes, that's part of the story, but I've invested in uh, a couple of hundred technology businesses um, and mentored and on the board of them. And the most famous one was a company called BlackBerry and uh, yeah. so board for 13 years. And so I think that they they look at the package and what are all of the things. It's an entrepreneurship award. It's, it's a great honor. Um, awards are always a great honor. But at the end of the day, uh, you just have to do what you do. And if you get the awards, it's great. You, you don't do it to get the award. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You just happen to be doing yeah. business and they gave you an award. <laughs> that's it. No, that's true. And I think it's really fascinating. You know, you mentioned engineer and then we sort of glossed over the fact that we were talking about like microchips and and, and the logic boards and, and things of that nature and what you were really after to be able to create uh, versus what you ended up having to do to sell similar to the way people who want to make their own movie have to do a couple studio movies that they really have no interest in doing to support what it is they actually want to do. So even while starting a business, you had a business for your business. If that makes sense, it sounds like, is this accurate? Uh, that's, that's exactly right. I did to save money or it'd be like you do podcasts and then you figure out, well, the best, you know, you make all your money doing editing, then you don't end up doing the podcast. You end up being in the editor business or whatever. So yeah. it <laughs> sort of went adjacent. Now for what it's worth that circuit board business uh, at one point, I was probably in a couple thousand square feet and we outgrew the space. And so I split off half that business, the engineers that were doing the circuit design 
And that was a standalone company and stayed in business for decades. And my partners there were the best partners in the whole world. And, uh, and so that business still went, went on. It never grew very much. So it was like 120 employees and, uh, and whatnot. But, um, and, and that was just wrought out of the necessity that I didn't have space anymore. So what do we do? Well, let's kick out the engineers. We can use that space. <laughs> Everything's oh, always man. out of necessity. <laughs> A lot yeah, of business man. growth just comes out of necessity. <laughs> That's crazy, man. And you know, what's funny is there's probably people uh, who are listening who are really early on in their career going like a hundred people isn't a lot. And yeah, it's funny because it's it's true. Like even a couple of thousand, you're still like a small business. Like you, you, there's really like, it's relative to what you know. So I imagine if you get the chance now to look back on sort of what you've been able to accomplish, the investments you made in key pivotal moments in history for technology and the companies you invested in, right? The way you came up and the conversations you were hearing that made you say, I'll be damned. If we take sort of that context and you look at where you are now and you have a moment to reflect, what's your bottom line for somebody who tries to talk to you about business and I want to get into it? Or, you know, maybe somebody's complaining about whatever obstacle they might be facing. And you're like, you got to like, what is the bottom line that you just go to? This is, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this once. What is that, Jim? So what I find is many startup entrepreneurs, they overthink it and they just don't do it. And that's what the, the advice is, just do it. People overanalyze and overanalyze. We can never have perfect information. The nature of being an entrepreneur is you're going to make decisions without perfect information, without perfect knowledge. And if you want to have certainty, then go get a job. Then you have got certainty you'll get paid every uh, Thursday, every other Thursday or whatever the deal is. You're not going to get that when you're uh, an entrepreneur. Oh, man, I love it. I mean, that's there's just a do- there's a dose of reality. Yeah. For you. <laughs> I love it because that's it's either you're going to be in or you're out. And, that's and, and that's the medicine anybody because people who hear that and if they get turned off by that, then you weren't cut off with this, like you said then go get a job because the truth is all the ones who are doing it and crushing it don't even know how they're doing it, but they know they're going to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's why I have so much respect for uh, what are over 2000. I mean, the, the, the numbers, the numbers probably a little over that now conversations that I've had with people who are really doing it. And I just think to myself, every time Jason and I talk to these people and we hear sort of the pattern, one thing is for sure. They are absolutely adamant that one way or another, it's going to get done. And they probably don't know how the hell it's going to happen, but it's like you said, I'll be damned. And I couldn't think of a better, a better attitude to have about that. And so your bottom line advice really, really is like, this is what it's going to be. And you're either going to be a part of it or you're not. And I really appreciate that because often people may try to be inspirational or this or that, but that's the inspiration. That's all the inspiration. The ones who are going to do it need is yeah that's it yeah i mean what you know what am i going to do because i'm one of those people who overthinks often and when i catch myself i tell myself well no matter what i try to do i won't even know until i get to the tree if i have to go left or right anyways right and that iteration makes all the difference or i could try to step by step but at that point you're an order taker right well, and, and, and more people and more companies die from a lack of speed and mm. die from perfection 
Speed wow. and perfection are kind of two different things, right? So you can do this absolutely perfect. As a matter of fact, you could you could spend a hundred hours in editing this podcast. You you could spend <laughs> like you can't. I'm t- just telling you that it's probably sure. not the best return because your customers, your listeners are not going to think that it's much better. They're not even going to notice that there was a little background noise here or, or stuff like that. So uh, perfection is the enemy of speed, and speed is one of the uh, things that I find is a way that entrepreneurs can win. It also gives hope to every bit of business, regardless of how big they are. So if someone has two employees, they can beat the company that has 100 employees. If someone has 100 employees, they can beat the company that has 1,000 employees. Usually they do that by speed, or they do it sometimes by doing something that is so small that the big company doesn't want to do it. So we compete with LG, Samsung, Whirlpool. And if you want pink fridges and you're only going to buy 200, I want the order. We'll go and do it. You, you call up um, uh, LG and say, you want 200? They're going to say, well, we, we don't do, it runs less than a million or I don't know, whatever their, their number is, right? So there's always an opportunity for someone who is smaller to do something against someone who is bigger. And the same thing's true of me. If you brought me an idea that we could sell even like even a million dollars a year, I, I, I'm not sure I want to do it because, you know, we sell $400 million a year. Like that doesn't move the needle very much, right? We can't, I can't spend too much of my time on that, right? Money loves speed and speed loves money. Yeah, and man. <laughs> that, that's an absolute fact. And a lot of people sit on the fence too long or, you know, they have an idea and they let it cook, right? I, I don't do that. I can't do it. I have an idea and I execute it. And you just got to go. You got to go and you got to execute them as quickly as possible. I'm not a corporation. I can afford to move fast, right? Corporations can't because they got so much freaking red tape, right? But small business can move lightning speed, but you can't get stuck on stupid. (laughs) Man, when, when, you know, I have done, like I said, over 2000 conversations and you know how many of those I've gone and repurposed even just a little bit of like four, man, you know, like it, you're, I, I want to, I want to put myself out there because I am literally living proof that people see that I say I do podcasting, but have no idea what kind of podcasting. Right. And it's funny because I spend all my time helping other businesses do what they need to do, knowing as I'm doing their work for them, wow, I need to be doing this for myself. And yet I'm like, oh, but I got to find the perfect snippet that just (laughs) from this conversation, like that's really, you're speaking directly to something that not only me, but many I know are doing that. And that's just, that's what happens when you, when you get real entrepreneurs to come together and talk about it and you see them go, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, no one's going to argue that speed baby so with that said i i want to i want to now move into so we, we covered the the origin this and that what are you doing right now that you want the listener to know about that you're working on i'm really curious about this well we're, we are an appliance company and um so right now believe it or not appliances doesn't sound very sexy, but that's big because there's food inflation. People need more freezers. There's food uh, restaurant inflation. People need, need, need more refrigerators and uh, wine coolers are also very, it's still underpenetrated. It's like 1% of the people do wine coolers. So, and our products tend to be smallish, large, large appliances. That is also on trend because people are going to tiny homes and people are going to 
Um, 500 square foot condos, 700, 700 square foot condos, not um, 3,000 square foot homes. So what we're doing is just continuing to execute in the appliance space with, I call it micro innovation. So they're tiny little innovations. The only big innovation we did was Parcel Guard, which is a uh, smart parcel mailbox to receive your Amazon shipments and to stop parcel theft. And we, the re reason we came up with that is we said um, uh, that that's a trend, parcel theft and online is a trend. And uh, we are in the business of moving big boxes and these are big boxes. So it fits our process. Awesome. Okay. And where can people go to connect with you about that if they want to like learn more, maybe even get involved? And are you accepting investors? All those questions. So the... First of all, if you can't Google Jim Estel and find my email, you probably don't deserve to do business with me because <laughs> I'm out there. But I am big on LinkedIn, so you can connect to me on LinkedIn, and you, and it's it's kind of a unique name too, Jim Estel. The name of the company is Danby Appliances, so www.danby.com, of course, has you know you can see all the the products and stuff like that. So. Uh, but it's my test. If you can't find me on, on LinkedIn or if you can't find my email, we don't deserve to do business together. <laughs> I, I love it. That is good a, policy. That is, <laughs> this the tone of this conversation really has been it is what it is and it ain't what it ain't. And sometimes people need to hear that, you know. Not not everything is gonna be, you know, uh, sunshine and rainbows, and especially in business, it's, it never is. In fact, uh, we decided that we were going to create the pot of gold before we get to the end of the rainbow. Uh, that's, that's what I get from entrepreneurs. So I'm really excited about that, man. And, uh, at this moment, I, it's before we get on to the next, uh, closing transition of the episode, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do something myself, uh, and sort of give a shout out to one of the supporters. And as it turns out, it's actually my company right now. I mostly work with resources contracted, but the truth is I've spent the last I want to say 12 years of, of my life working in some capacity with front-end web development, SEO. And at some point, I worked at an agency in New York. And all along the way, with all the clients that we had, every single time, without fail, I would come to their website or some kind of collateral that they had, and I'd get to the bottom of what they just wrote, how they were presenting themselves. And I go, so what do they do? You know, and that is something that 90% of businesses struggle with when they're not in a consumer. If you get a consumer product, it's pretty clear unless it's some innovative product, right? And so for me, I can't fathom how much time they actually spent writing that up. Uh, we pull together for businesses and entrepreneurs ROI that they're looking for by 4X, you name it. It's just like general and you get to the bottom and you're like, I still don't know what you do. Yeah, that's called a value proposition designed badly. And so what I do with Own the Rhythm is I help you sort of take control of that and get you to a place where you can deliver not only who you're serving, the reasons they should believe you, and also what you promise at the end of the day, no matter what. And I can help you get that punchy, snappy, along with a whole collection of assets to put you right where you need to be in front of the people you need to be and pushing away the people you don't need to be near. So if you're looking for that kind of clarity, feel free to reach out to me. You can go to philiplanos.com and I'll be sure to help you with that. 
Now, with that said, and, and, and you should know, Jim, I'm not used to actually pitching myself. I'm always so busy just working on referrals that this is relatively new for me, but it's a challenge that Jason posed to me. So uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're just watching a learning moment in action there, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm usually not that guy, so I really appreciate it. And if I could do it in front of somebody who's like, no BS, you know, get it done, speed. <laughs> Well, then that's what we're going to do. Uh, but with that said, I am curious, before we go to the grand finale, I want to check in with Jason. Yeah, let's do it. Let's roll it out. All right, Jim, if you could have invited anybody, and it's really peculiar because you have a really interesting background. So I'm interested if you could have invited anybody to this conversation today to listen in on your journey, you know, where you started, what you're doing, some of the interesting choices you've made, and some of the advice you've left behind, who would you have loved to have had here today and why? So I'm going to say the first one, which is not really who I'd invite. And that is my grandfather, who he said, the refrigerator is the work of the devil. Wow. And and you know why he said that? He owned an ice house and he sold people blocks of ice that he cut out of the river and, and kept in his ice house all year. And all of a sudden, the refrigerator basically put him out of business. But the, the real person I would have loved to have would be Mother Teresa. And the reason I say that is I feel that she is selfless, was selfless. And um, if we are in business and we are successful, we owe it to the world to give back and to be a little more selfless. And I worry a little about the world that we have become too all about me, me, me. And um, as business people, we can make a huge difference. So that's my I love that, man. Uh, it's not often that somebody gives a valid reason for why they bring up a name like that. And there is true selflessness, even in choosing a name like that. Uh, it speaks a lot to, it's funny, your, your, your hard love where it matters, but yet you're also big on this broader love for all mankind. And I think that duality speaks a lot to just entrepreneurs in general, where you speak to any entrepreneur that's actually doing it right, you can't waste a single minute of their time, or that'll be the last time you ever get a minute of their time. And yet at the same time, they're the first ones to be like, I want to change the world. I want to create legacy. I want to create footprints. I want to create leave behinds. And for me, that duality is just the embodiment of what entrepreneurship is, man. So I can I can see why you got the awards. I, when I put all together what we've heard in this conversation, it's straight up. And it's just reminiscent of what I see with Jason every day working side by side with him. So with that said, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to meet you, getting to know you briefly, though it was. It's tradition here for Jason to close us out. So I'll let him do that. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, God. What, what a great, refreshing conversation yeah. today. Um, something new and outside the box um, from from the normal. Uh, appreciate you dropping, you know, hopefully people caught the little value bombs in there. Um, I, I did. Um, so, you know, wish you the best with the appliances. And, uh, you know, I, uh, God, I ever get up there, I'll have to come come check you out for sure. <laughs> You're awesome. welcome, Jason. Same with yeah, you, yeah. Philip. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man, truly a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. 
follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.